Welcome back, lads. How are you, CJ? Good. Here we are again. Good to see you. Mick? Hello, guys. Hope you're all well. We we haven't had a weather update from Mick for a while. (laughs) Rooster usually asks what the weather's like over there in Queensland there. Give us some good news, mate. Is it sunshine or...? Just enjoying sunny and 26 over here, boys, oh, battling up. away. Yeah, the winter, you know, 26 to 28, just it's a real battle. Sun in your plums, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Get that perineum out there. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Jonah well, loves mate, his perineum sunning. I love everyone's perineum, not just mine. <laughs> Mickey, uh, you were, you're asking us, you said uh, you hope we're all well, and it's interesting because it ties into what we're talking about today, which is testing for wellness. How do we know yeah. that we're well? If you want to, if you're not sure, what tests are available to you to actually measure uh, how you're doing, like an objective measure? Mm. That's yeah, what we're going to chat about today. Because well, there's rec- tons out there. I've recently done mine, and yeah. I, I have done it for probably four or five years. It's well worth doing, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, not that anything comes up too often, Yeah. but if they do, you can grab hold of them. It's also a bloody minefield, though. Uh, yeah. There's- like I heard the other day, if you took all – Sorts of uh, like pathology testing. There's a hundred thousand tests. Is that right? So which ones do you do? Yeah. Well, you know, or which ones will your doctor let you do? Yeah. And then which ones are worthwhile uh, listening to? What gives you valid information? And what's basically just fluff? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so. I went in and uh, initially I asked. It, it was really based around. <laughs> you can go listen to my intro on my health concern that got me to this point, but it was based around the issue that I had with the large blood vessel in my brain pushing on a nerve. And one of the things the neurologist recommended was a low inflammatory diet. So I kind of looked that up and then kind of got on this pathway. But I changed my diet and I went in and I wanted to know the kind of metrics behind it. I went in and asked the doctor, look, I've changed this. I'm more of a, now I'm on more of a paleo which ended up being sort of more of a ketogenic diet. And that was the the impetus for me to say to the doctor, I've changed my diet. I just want to look at some things because of this dietary change. I want to look at if there's any inflammation in my body. I want to look at white blood cells, red blood cells, uh, fasting glucose, cholesterol was sort of the initial ones. And then as we went along, I did more research, looked into it and just asked for a few more. Mm. So I asked for some major ones and the doctor's pretty good. He, if you, if you've got someone you've built a rapport with, he, he's still in the mainstream medical establishment. So is reluctant to give some that you ask, but if you go in and I think if you, if you have a background and you've done a little bit of research, like we all do, and you can sort of justify the reasons why you want to do those tests, you can ask for a few tests and I've got, the list here of the ones that I've asked for and I can run through them and the reasons why. And you could probably do that yourselves if you, if you wanted to, but um, yeah, there, there are ones that you can go to for and get them for free. You know, you, you line up Western diagnostic or wherever you go to get your, your bloods done and they do it and they send them out to you. So you, if you ask for a patient copy, you can get those. You can kind of see what ranges you're in uh, and, Initially, sort of, I had a, a low iron sort of one, but kind of worked out that was from donating blood. We can kind of talk about that a little bit later on. And mm. <laughs> ancestrally, iron is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Because 
low iron versus low hemoglobin. Like, I mean, if your iron's low, your ferritin is low, mm. but you're making enough hemoglobin, it's probably key to longevity. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to make many hydroxyl free radicals. And if you can get by with sort of pretty lowish ferritin, but your hemoglobin's not affected, mm. I would almost say that's probably. For longevity, that's probably optimal. So, yeah. well, I mean, if you interesting look at one, isn't it? Your iron studies. And ancestrally, if you look at humans going way back, there would have been a fair bit of bloodletting, wouldn't there? Hundred percent. Yeah. You, you're scrapping with another tribe. Yep. You you lose a bit of blood. Yep. Yeah. I think that having high iron levels. Actually, I have a study on that. I was going to go back to that later, but um, oh, actually, it was the it was a different one. It was about iron deficiency and overload. Uh, but you know. There is evidence to say that high iron levels are a contributor to heart disease. Oh, terrible! Yeah, if, if you've got like, especially like hemochromatosis or something like that, where you have really high iron, it is so detrimental to your health. Yeah, like you are just generating so many free radicals, which are going to attack, you know, all your cardiovascular system and everything like that. Really, really bad. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to, you know, be supplementing with iron and have crazy high levels or anything like that. No. I think, especially as a male. You yeah, know, modern ancestral man podcast. Obviously. Like we obviously don't menstruate, so we're not having that regular blood loss. But yeah. there's a really good argument, like you say, to giving blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the that's really as an ancestral man. That's yep. what we can modern ancestral man. What we yeah. can do to mimic what would have happened in the past. We would have had scraps with people in our tribe. We would have had scraps 100%. with other tribes. We would yep. have had bear attacks or saber tooth tire yeah. attacks, or, you know, <laughs> falling out of a tree or whatever it Getting was. Getting eaten by a T-Rex. Yeah, losing yeah. losing blood on a regular basis. Yeah. Not, not menstruation like females do, but their iron levels are low and yeah. typically their heart disease levels are lower. Mm. I mean, that's men, correlation. Men, men can menstruate, can't they? Well, that's a different topic. Can't they have babies as well? I could identify as that if they wanted to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just different, different, that's another podcast. Sorry. Different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But, mate, you spoke before about um, – your dramas with your uh, your blood vessel, and you spoke about reducing your inflammation. Mm. And so you've done some testing. So you would have uh, tested for C-reactive protein, I guess, which is one of the most common measures of inflammation. Yeah, is that one of the tests that you did? Yep. Or so maybe I mean, high sensitivity CRP is probably better. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they. I think I asked for a high sensitive CRP, yep. and the doctor gave a reason why he wouldn't give me that one. Oh, okay. I don't know probably why. Cost. I don't think he. Maybe yeah, maybe it wasn't a free one, but yeah, I did. I got C-reactive protein, which obviously is a as a marker for inflammation and maybe infection in the body. Obviously, mm. doesn't show you where, but no. you can work it out. And yes, that was specifically one of the reasons, one of the ones I wanted to ask for by the change in that diet because I wanted to see if the standard Australian diet of high carbohydrates, low fat. Had it had an effect on that C-reactive protein? So did it go from being high to being low when I changed to a mm-hmm. low carb paleo sort of diet? Can you guys just explain um, for me and for other people that aren't aware what the C means in the reactive protein? What what does what does that mean? Oh, it's not like that. It's just it's just a name they've given it essentially. So it's right, like so that's C dash C reactive, reactive protein. protein. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. So CRP. And, and so what's that responsible for? What does that do in our body? It's just an inflammatory marker. Right. So essentially, like if you have, uh, like CJ touched on, if you have an infection or if you have like a big uh, wound or if, if you've had um, some, some long-term health issues, then you'll find your CRP will be quite high. Right. So if you had a really bad uh, bacterial infection and you measured your CRP, it's going to be through the roof. But if you're well day-to-day and you're not battling any sort of infection or anything like that, yep. then we want our CRP, C-reactive protein, to be quite low. Right. So they generally want less it to be less than, less than one. And then people in the wellness space probably talk about it being less than 
maybe 0.5 or 0.4. Gotcha. Um, so you can go and get it measured. It's a very inexpensive blood test. And, and like CJ said, it's just a marker of inflammation. It doesn't give you a specific, like, oh, you know, your heart's inflamed or anything like that. It's just a, a general inflammation uh, marker. Yeah. Um, but day-to-day, we want to run, obviously, uninflamed or with a very low level of inflammation. Yep. Uh, and so we, that C-reactive protein is one of the really common measures um, for, for an inflammatory marker. It, yep. It'll be high if you've got if, if, if you've had a cold or exactly or COVID or, yep. or, or an injury. It'd be sky high if you had COVID, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spike protein kicking around in your body. Yeah. Sorry, we can't talk about COVID, otherwise we get No, don't censor that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, even, even I think after a, a really hard workout, if yep, you've gone absolutely. hard, it'll... Yep. It'll go up. So if you went, even if you've damaged part of your body, so hmm. if you've um, you know got a nasty injury or something like that, your C-reactive protein will raise a little bit. Yeah. Um, like you hear, well, you read about some people who've got like a bad infection. They'll go and measure C-reactive protein. It'd be bloody through the roof. Like you look at the reference range, and they'll be right up here, like crazy. But but day to day, you definitely want to be less than one, and maybe less than zero point five would even be okay. a better. So that's the uh, that's uh, CRP. Uh, test is not going to tell you where the inflammation no. is associated. Yeah. It's just going to give you an indication of yes. the, there is some inflammation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so if something's changed, like I did with the diet, you might want to go in and say, is that helping or is that hurting? Is, is that causing systemic inflammation throughout my body? That is one way to check on that. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep. So that's a pretty good one. Yeah, it is, and yeah. pretty inexpensive. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I've gone down a different route to you, CJ, where I didn't want to go to the doctor and have to explain why I wanted all my various tests. Mm-hmm. So I've gone through an external testing agency, and I think C-reactive protein, a high sensitivity CRP, costs like fourteen bucks or something. It's oh, very, right? very inexpensive. Yeah, okay. yeah. And Smitty, yeah. can you just uh, tell where you went through to that? Because I, I did research the same, and I, I'm a little bit like you. I don't want to go to a GP for testing, and I don't want to have to explain why. Um, I don't want. I don't want to be limited to what I can get tested. I just went onto a, a website called um, i-screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, .com.au. It's an Australian website. Yep. And if anyone wanted to go onto that website, and so I'll get you to tell me where you went for yours, but this website has got an absolute plethora yeah, of tons. a different variety of tests you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one that I went onto was called the, the Well Man Check. Um, it's 250 bucks, but within that 250 bucks, you got just a multitude of tests to, to test for a whole lot of different things. Run, run through a few. Uh, hormone profile uh, for testosterone, free testosterone, a full blood count, red blood, blood cells, hemoglobin, white blood cells, platelets, and, and more. Uh, cholesterol, uh, total LDLs, HDLs, blood glucose, glu- blood, blood glucose, bone health, calcium, vitamin D, uh, phosphate, magnesium, kidney function, uh, liver function, markers to indicate damage, um, inflammation, iron stores, and that was just some of them um, yeah. that were listed. Yep. So There's 42 tests all up oh, okay. in that 250 bucks. That's really interesting because every one of those yep. is on my list that I got for free. Okay. But, I mean, I, you, you pay 80 bucks to go to the doctor. Or you could get bulk build, whatever it is. Yep. But, yeah, so... I got sort of uric acid, which is a kidney function one. Uh, there was also phosphate, which is kidney function test, uh, calcium, iron, androgens, so testosterone, sex binding, sex hormone binding globulin, which you know controls how much of the sex or hormones are delivered to tissues and whatnot. 
yeah, lipids, thyroid function, 25-hydroxyvitamin D. I might throw that over to Smithy in a minute. Sort of routine hematology, liver function tests, which did sort of bilirubin, uh, albumin protein, globulin gap, fasting glucose. Uh, I also got electrolytes, so I asked for, I want to see my... Sodium levels. I want to. I want to yep. make sure that they're topped off. Yeah, sodium, potassium are pretty. Mm. Yeah, so that come under like yep. kidney function tests, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, mate, did you did you list those things yourself, or did they just come? Did you just have a few that you wanted, and and the rest of them come under that banner of that certain blood test that you did? Just so, so for, I'm just thinking of the normal punter going to his GP. Yeah. Does he just say, what does he say? Well, I he, want a. You can say, uh, I'd like. I'd like to see how my thyroid's working. I'd like to well, I'd like to see if there's issues with my thyroid, kidney, liver, testosterone. They might be a bit funny about that one. They'll probably ask, you know, how's your sex drive? Are you getting erections? Are you having trouble conceiving a, a child? Something along those lines. And if you said, Yes, I'm having trouble with one of those, they'd throw that in there. Because I went to a separate doctor because I wanted to get these tests, and I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast, when I said they didn't want to put testosterone on there. And I said, why? And they said, well, what if we find that this it's low? And I said, well, we'll deal with that when we get it. Mm. But so she, I didn't really have a reason why, you know, I wasn't trying to conceive a kid or I wasn't anyway, you could throw that in there, but the other ones sort of kidney function as well. Uh, I think, I think you can, you could go in and ask for these quite easily and just say, I want to see how these are working. I want to get a baseline figure for moving into the future. We're all kind of in our 40s or pushing our 40s or maybe maybe mixed, only mid-30s or something. I don't know. Getting there. But we're all getting to sort of an age where we want to maybe have a baseline of health mm. or an idea of baseline health. And, and so that if there's any dif- differentiation in the future – you can rectify it fairly quickly. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to have a blood test now and then have another one in 10 years and and not have the data in between. I'm, I'm more of a data dude. Yeah. I like the, I like to have some numbers. Some of these are not probably ideal for, for all things, right? But it gives you an idea. Gives you so a bit of a I guess an average punter could maybe go onto that website or one that I'm going to ask Smitty that he's yep. had a look at, that iScreen.com.au, and just get a – have a look at the list of tests that are available and just write the ones down that he wants and then yep. take it to a GP and say, look, I want these tested. Yeah. At least he's got some in indication or some yeah. idea about the things that are available to be tested yeah. instead of paying the 250 bucks. I mean, t- t- like, we, like we talked about in our sleep episode, how much how much is your health worth? Yeah. You know? Yeah, spend and, a few hundred bucks if you need yeah, to. You, you, yeah, you want to prioritise your health and, and mm-hmm. make sure that everything's all right. So 250 bucks, that's nothing really. To check on your health, yeah. a, a little, what do they call it, men's wellness panel is probably a great well, idea. Well yeah. yeah, but if yeah. you wanted to do it on the cheap, you can do it sort of yeah. through your GP. Yeah, but probably. there's definitely other ones. You know, you could you could you could quantify just about anything. You know, you could get it's four there's four hundred dollar small intestinal bacterial overgrowth kind of test. I've done one of those. Have you? The breath one? <laughs> no, no, actually a fecal sample. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so send a bit of your poop off in a little yeah. uh, test tube thing. Did you get it in Put the it little... Put it back in the mail, which seems fucking wrong, but... Crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna send some story, poo in the yeah. mail off to yeah. someone to have a look at. And they in the express post box. Give, give you all the... Uh, 
you know, various breakdown of all your different yeah. microorganisms living in your gut. It's very valuable to do. You mate. found that you found that valuable. Sorry, Sorry we'll, we'll get mate. to you yep. in a second. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I did, yeah. I yeah. think I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it give you any recommendations on the top of that? Because this is one of the things we're doing for our kids. Uh, yeah. So um, I, like many people uh, at the time, uh, didn't have as good a diet as what I think I do now. And I had some um, candida overgrowth, which is extremely yeah, right. common. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, a lot of people have uh, candida overgrowth. What did they do to rectify that, or did? Uh, they recommended. Um, some probiotics oh, yeah. to, to try and crowd out the um, candida. Yep. Uh, candida is a fungus. You can also uh, take an antifungal. Uh, so if you want to do like the sledgehammer effect, people can take like a like a diflucan or something like that, which can right, kill yeah. it. Uh, I actually used a, a homeopathic uh, remedy for it, which I think yep. actually worked extremely well. Yeah. Uh, and then essentially to to get rid of candida, you want to lower your sugar, so it's dietary. Um, so you just want to eat more paleo keto. Kids aren't going to be happy with um, less sugar. That's for sure. You want to eat a lot of sugar and you've got candida, you're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, and it's yeah. really hard to get rid of. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone will probably have some level of candida, yeah, um, but you want to wow. you want to definitely keep it under control. You can you can crowd it out with other uh, probiotics and things like that as well. Yeah, It's a whole thing. But one of the biggest problems that I think people come across with testing is that it opens up too many rabbit holes, it gets too confusing, and people just go away from it. That's so a, it's you a know, huge possibility. As, as I touched on before, there's hundreds of thousands, you know, 100,000 tests that you can do. Yep. What the fuck does it all mean? Yeah. And how do we integrate it in a meaningful way? Yeah. And what are the most beneficial tests that we can do, the best bang for your buck, that are sort of scientifically proven, that are going get to us, get us some tangible results? Yeah. Because you can go around in circles and you could order 50 tests and you're going to come away so fucking confused. Yeah. And you're probably going get to get a, get a recommendation that you need to take 80 different supplements and it's all going to get too hard. Yeah. You're going to throw your hands up in the air and say, fuck this, I'm not doing too bad, I'm done. Yeah. So I, I think for testing – the most important thing is choose like five or six really pertinent tests and then just stick with that. So, you know, for me, like what are the important ones? Yeah. I think you want to measure uh, inflammation. We already spoke about that in terms of your C-reactive protein. Uh, I think you want to talk about how are you doing with your your, your lipids? And I've got a different take oh, on this. Sorry, I didn't mention lipids, but that was one I got. So, free. you know, obviously any doctor will write your test for cholesterol. Yep. Um, if your cholesterol is bad, they're probably going to recommend statins. Now, there's tons of um, differing opinions out there on, uh, you know, the role of cholesterol and how, how bad cholesterol is if you have your high, you know, your bad cholesterol, which is your low-density lipoprotein, LDL. Um, you know, if that's high, is it bad? Well, people have a lot of different um, takes on that. But I think a more valuable one is to measure um, omega-3, omega-6 ratio. So omega-6... Um, it's in a lot of our seed oils. It's yes. incredibly pro-inflammatory, and it's probably one of the worst things you can put in your mouth. It's pretty much in all in all processed foods because it's an inexpensive seed oil. Mm. And if you eat food, even good food, you get enough omega six. Yes. But the problem is, it's really hard to keep our omega three high enough to have a healthy ratio of omega three to omega six. Yeah, right. So. You can get it tested. Uh, you can send away and get omega-3, omega-6 ratio test. Uh, and I think it's incredibly valuable. It's going to indirectly measure your inflammation as well. Because if your omega-6 is too high, then you're definitely inflamed. But you also want your omega-3 to be high for heart health, for brain health. Because omega-3 is like your EPAs, your DHAs, you know, DHA sort of brain, EPA sort of blood vessels, and they both have crossover with each other. But especially in the modern world, if you're eating any level of processed food, if you're having any level of seed oil, um, I think it's really valuable to to measure omega three, omega six, and I think it's 
really good information about maybe how much omega three you want to supplement with. What's, what's the ratio? Sorry, <coughs> Smithy. What's so I think you want it to be eight, ideally. Eight to one. Yeah. Eight omega six to one omega three. Yeah, it could be vice versa. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, the the yeah. test spells it out very clearly. Oh yeah. But most people will be terrible. Yeah, like you might yeah. be like one to one or something like that. Yeah. You don't want to be that. No. Right. Yeah. And mate, that's such a critical point that you say that because not many people would know about getting their omega three and sixes tested. Yeah. Uh, I know people that are like our age, fully fit and active, that get tested for their cholesterol and they come back at high cholesterol level. They're mm-hmm. freaking out. Uh, and they go on statin drugs. Then they go on a, on a drug yeah. which has other side effects like with testosterone and blah blah blah. We can go down that rabbit hole, but it just seems to me that there's this. I don't know, this sort of trap in the medical profession of just getting someone's cholesterol higher, but they might be a fit, as long as they're not over, massively overweight or diabetic or, and, and they're active, I can't see the problem with having a, a high cholesterol count. Yeah, well, you can go down the rabbit hole of that, you know, and there's further testing you can do. If you want to look at cholesterol and you want to go down that, well, then you can get a, um, a lipid subfraction test. So you can look at uh, the particles, small dense particles, or the large buoyant particles. So you can look at the... Um, the sort of breakdown of of your lipids, right. and then it might not be too bad from there. But that test costs several hundred dollars okay. to do, and you can get it through ice. Uh, or I think I screen do it. I use a company called iMedical. Okay, uh, oh, another yeah. sort of yeah. Australian company. I yeah. looked at both iScreen and iMedical, and yeah. I basically just shop around for the best price. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, in iMedical, you can do a. Uh, it's called a build your own panel. That's right. So yes. if you so you click on a little button that says build your own test. Yep. And I think that costs you $19, which covers the basically the blood draw, you know, the amount you've got to pay the pathologist to take your blood. Uh, and then you can just, there's a big drop-down box, and you can just pick any test you want. Yep. And you can go and you can measure your um, lipid subfractions if you want. You can look at the, the breakdown of small, dense versus large, buoyant particles and things like that. So that's LDLP, it's called? Particle size? LDL particle size? LDLP? <sighs> yeah, I think... In the eye medical website, it's broken down by like A to B, C to D. So you, there's all these drop down boxes. So it depends on what the first letter of the thing is. So right. I think for that one, it would be under the L, under lipids. And then I think it would be like right. lipid particle subfraction yeah, or something like yeah. that. Um, so I think that's yeah. much more valuable than just general uh, cholesterol. Yeah. Then I think, you know, you could also do your omega ratios and. I think we'll deep dive depends. into uh, cholesterol. I think we'll do a whole, a whole one on that. But. Crazy, yeah. And well, definitely, as you've mentioned in previous pod, podcasts, mate, cholesterol is an essential um, yeah. nutrient to our body, isn't it? And you make eighty percent of it in our have a brain, yeah, you know, you die with that cholesterol. It's, it's made of cholesterol, yeah. mm. and it goes up as you get older, and that's that's an evolutionary trait yeah. to protect it, your brain. Is it protective? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly right. That's what I, I, all our cell, mem- all our cell membranes are made happens. of cholesterol. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so it's incredibly just, important to have me, enough cholesterol. That just blows me away then. So as a, as a man gets older or people get older in, in our society, they're given all these anti, uh, these high cholesterol Bring them down. Yep. pills. Does that then affect their whole like, – we're talking about dementia, like um, uh, Parkinson's, all these yeah. brain uh, conditions. Is this a flow-on effect of all this medication we're given to something that should be occurring naturally? Yeah. It's crazy. It's yes. very controversial. Yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. be very clear. This is not medical advice, what we're talking yeah. about here. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is strictly like our opinion on things. Definitely. And there are a lot of opinions on this. Yeah. You've got your sort of conventional medical opinions on this, you know, and, and everything on both sides of it. You, but were, t- you were talking before, Rooster, about um, young, well, youngish, I'm saying we're 40, young, fit, people with high cholesterol. 
So there's a there's a bloke called David Feldman who has done a lot of research on this. He's got a website called The Cholesterol Code, and you can go on there. And he's got a term called lean mass hyperresponders, who are young, fit people who have a good diet of sort of a keto, paleo sort of diet. They have a uh, call it hyperresponder, or their lipids go up. Um, he, yeah, we could we'll, we'll deep dive on it, but that's a really good website to check out. Cholesterol okay. Code, yep. and he's got a little calculator on there based on age, weight, cholesterol numbers, and he gives out a little guide on whether you should be concerned or not. Right. Yeah, mm. that's a good one to check out if you've got anyone that's sort yeah. of going to the doctor, which my my lipid levels are quite high. So I found this website, The Cholesterol Code, David Feldman. He's a professor at somewhere. Um, really quite helpful. He's been on a few podcasts. You can check him out. Yeah, I'll have um, a look at that one. Ivor, Ivor Cumming, Cummins is another good one. He breaks it down pretty well. He's an engineer, but he, he talks about cholesterol pretty well. Spinach. Such a controversial area. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. you were to rattle off five of the uh, most important tests that you said. You've mentioned two, the um, the CRP. Yeah, mate. I mean, you definitely want to know um, what, what your blood sugar is doing. So, you know, you can go and get a spot glucose check. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a fasting glucose. Yeah. Um, I reckon HbA1c, so hemoglobin A1c, sort of me- measures the average saturation um measures your average blood sugar over a range of, I think it's like 40... Three months? 40-odd days, maybe three right. months. It's it's long-term average blood glucose. That oh. one you might have to get through one of your eye screens or your eye medicals yep. because when I asked the doctor, he said no. Yeah, a lot of doctors will write your HbA1c because it is um, getting well, sort of more been, yeah. common and it's incredibly useful. But yeah. really, you want your HbA1c, I would say, to be less than five. You don't want it to be... You don't want your average blood glucose to be more than five and there's good data to suggest if you're below that in terms of like a you know predictive biomarker for longevity and wellness hba1c below five you can get that in conjunction with um fasting glucose and fasting insulin if you want to get the whole picture but if you're trying to be um frugal if you're paying for this yourself just get hba1c go from there and fasting glucose is a good one i guess to to determine if you've got any metabolic sim- symptoms, you know, diabetes yeah. and whatnot. But yep. uh, that that's one that I kind of think is, is that is that a great one? Because, yeah. you know, it's telling me what my glucose is at a normal level when I'm sitting there doing yeah. nothing. Don't, don't I want it? Don't I want to know what it is after I've eaten a, a high sugar meal and how quickly it comes back down. Yeah, I mean, you can get a glucose out. tolerance test. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's, that's it, it's again, this, this rabbit hole of testing. That's I think right, fasting yeah. insulin is incredibly uh, useful because mm. maybe your fasting glucose is really good, but maybe that's because your fasting insulin is higher than it needs to be mm. to control that glucose. Yeah. So that's showing, okay, we're starting to get some derailment here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think definitely you want to know um, where your blood sugar is at because it really is a, a very valuable uh, predictive marker for for wellness and longevity. Yep. Yep. And it's cheap. Yep. You know, HPA1C yep. doesn't cost much. Again, you can write it off. I assume my screen definitely eye medical because I've done it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Any others that you? Vitamin D. Vitamin 20, D. Twenty five yeah. hydroxy or is it 
the other one. 25 OH. You can get 125 as well. Just just get your standard vitamin D test. Just, yep. yeah, 25 um, hydroxy. Go back and uh, listen to our vitamin D sun exposure podcast. Yeah. I mean, look, if you want to avoid, uh, you know, getting cancer, if you want all the wellness that's associated with having high vitamin D, um, then just go and get your range tested in Australia. Uh, we're in, um, what do we use over here? We use uh, nanomoles per milliliter. Uh, in the US, they use nanograms per milliliter. But basically, uh, in Australia, I think you probably want your range to be somewhere in between like 100 and 200. If you want to get in that highest sort of quartile for us, I reckon 150 to 200 is a really good level. It's a high level, um, but I think the science supports you can go that high. Yeah, it's, it's higher than higher than the recommended normal person. So our reference range in Australia, I think, is 50 to 125. Mm. But there's tons of science to support between 100 and 200 if you want that really optimal wellness, um, really reducing your risk of cancer and all the other um, beneficial effects that we really dove into in our vitamin D podcast, yeah. which you can go check out. Yeah. Again, inexpensive. I think that's a really good, I think that's a really good point, Maddie, because with a lot of these blood uh, markers and the reference intervals that are actually stipulated by our general practitioners, if you were to go and visit say a naturopathic uh, practitioner, quite often they would actually recommend a reference range significantly higher for a lot of these readings. Definitely. Yeah. Well, do you want to do you want to be normal or do you want to be on the high end? You yeah. Know? Do you want to be in a reference range that's on the low side? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm cool. I'm thirty. I've got, my, my iron count is thirty-one. The reference range is between thirty and a hundred, or whatever it is. I'm thirty-one. I'm in that reference range. That's oh, cool. But what if yeah. I'm twenty-nine? You know that. It's a fucking joke. Yeah. Like you can go to the doctor and your reference range uh, for glucose, you know, you might just do like your, your fasting glucose. You might be like 0.1 below the cutoff yeah. range for being pre-diabetic. So you're good. So you're sweet. You're all yeah, good. Yeah. Come back in a year, you're fine. Well, it's yeah. like, well, you're not good. It's showing a pattern here. But That's And I think down, Mickey yeah. touched on a really good yeah. point, which is a lot Very of these reference point. ranges are for the avoidance of disease. They're not for wellness. Yeah, right. I think another really important one uh, from the perspective of um, measuring health, guys, is, is vitamin B, um, particularly vitamin B12 and, and the active B12 in the body. This this is one that we've, I think you could say, forensically uh, kept an eye on with our family uh, post sort of wifey being diagnosed and us transferring over to a, a plant-based um, nutrition uh, or, or diet, uh, and I think uh, interestingly, again, what, what we were just discussing there in terms of these um, reference ranges uh, stipulated by a GP comparatively to a naturopath, I know that vitamin B12 uh, and the acceptable range, say from a GP, is significantly lower by up to four times uh, when compared with what a naturopath might recommend. So I think vitamin B12 is another one, you know, when your vitamin B12 stores are low, uh, as I have had before, uh, it's something that can really uh, impact your your day-to-day wellness and, and your overall health. It's because you're a vegan, mate. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, that was awkward. <laughs> or am I? So would that be one you'd recommend as well, boys? To, to yeah, I'd build on that as well and sort of tie in with the whole um, vitamin B stores thing and just touch on um, homocysteine. So homocysteine is another cheap test. Homocysteine is an excellent predictor of um, sort of cardiovascular uh, mortality and stuff like that. It's essentially looking at more like um, 
your your methylation status. So if you're not if you're not methylating well, uh, you're probably going to have high homocysteine, and it really is a really good indicator for for long term health. Homocysteine it's it's an inexpensive test, uh, and I would say uh, get that measured, and and you want to make sure that that is not high. If you've got high homocysteine, you are absolutely going to have um, like a poor cardiovascular outcome. There's decades of science behind that. It's one of the most researched. Um, so that's a, a cardio Vascular test, is it? Uh, no, it's not a cardiovascular uh, test, uh, but homocysteine indirectly is going to measure like how well you are um, uh, methylating, so how, how well you're adding uh, methyl groups um, onto things. A lot of people are under-methylators or over-methylators. You can get tested for it. It's like a genetic thing. What's a methylator? What does that mean? So if you add a methyl group to, um, to something, it makes it more soluble. So inside your cell... Um, if you're instructing something, you make what you want to make something in your cell, but then you want to move it outside of your cell. You want to make collagen. You want to make something. You want to add methyl groups to it to make it more soluble. Mm. So basically, methylation is a whole thing. We could do a podcast just on that because methylation's kind of in fashion, or it was a couple of years ago, and it's really also looks at sort of how well you're producing energy and ties in with uh, vitamin B and stuff like that. But I think homocysteine is a really valuable um, marker that you can test. It's reasonably inexpensive, and it absolutely ties in with um, sort of long-term cardiovascular outcomes. You've got high homocysteine, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Learning so much here. So yeah. I, I just reckon it's a, it's, a, it's a cheap and valuable test to yeah. do. I, I always get homocysteine yep. um, tested. And is there, like taking these results, once you've got your results, would you recommend going to a naturopath with these results? They're a functional medicine doctor. Depends on yeah. the naturopath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... Or a mainstream. Or do some of your own research to find out, you know, how can I increase my yeah. testosterone? How can I reduce my blood glucose? Whatever. It Depends might on be. your personal beliefs. Yeah. If you believe, if you believe in staunch mainstream medicine, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And go and see your, um, you know, your staunch mainstream GP. Yeah. If you feel more comfortable with a naturopath, there's lots of different takes on all this stuff. Like yeah. some of it is reasonably. I think no one would say it's really healthy to have really high homocysteine. Um, you know, I think no one would say you know a lot. You know, it's really healthy to have really high CRP, but then how you interpret it and what you're going to do with it is going to vary dramatically depending on what sort of route you go down. You know, you're going to go down like a, a natural health uh, sort of alternative type thing, or you're going to really just stick to that sort of mainstream yeah. pharmaceutical medicine. So you know, some people want to go on statins, right? Like some people will go to the doctor. Doctor will say, "Hey, you're 50. Let's test your cholesterol. Oh, your cholesterol's sky high. Let's go on statins," and they'll be very happy with that. So if that suits you, then do that. Um, but if not, you know, maybe go to a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor. I've been to a really good conventional doctor, but specialised in um, functional medicine. I had a, a way different take on everything. He was fantastic. Really, really good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah or even take some responsibility yourself, Matty. You know, like yep. I think a really important point here for everyone, and we, we'll say this continually, which is why we, we bring things up repeatedly on the podcast that are things people can do for themselves, but no one will give a fuck about your health more than yourself. Absolutely. So whilst these reference ranges and these tests, um, you know, Maddie's given some really specific ones there that are, that are very, very handy uh, to give an indication of health and longevity. But every, you know, it doesn't take much to go and research these things and implement a few simple changes to make improvements and no one will give a fuck more than yourself. So, so take some responsibility. Yep. And uh, I'll just close on, it's the end of winter. It's a really good time for your vitamin D level as well because we haven't had obviously a lot of uh, sunlight in the southern hemisphere over winter. So 
if you get your D tested at the moment and it's pretty good, then you're probably good for at least another year because we've got the summer coming up. Coming up, yeah. yeah cool. Um, and if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, disregard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we have a few good bits of information there. Looks like, Rift, you were taking some notes. and Yeah, I've learned a lot out yeah, of this. I good. wasn't really up to speed with all of the, the testing and I was very uh, new to it. So thanks yeah. very much for the info and I'll definitely take on board yeah. those four uh, first ones that we mentioned there mm. at least. Yep. Uh, mm. I'll probably go into iMedical and uh, and just tick those boxes and, and just Beautiful. make my own, yeah. yeah and I think if anyone's got any more questions, flick us an email. Yeah. We'd like to hear from you. Modernancestralman.com. Dot, no, it's at Gmail. Let me start again. The modern, not the, it's just modernancestralman at gmail.com. Right on. There we go. Good stuff. See you boys good next guys. week. Have right. a good week. Cheers, lads. Catch up. Good on you. Bye-bye. Take care, boys. Bye.